welcome to another episode of the Courtside Podcast, an NBA podcast. This episode is brought to you by YouTube channels Hiram Temptation and Captain Barbo, who make content on YouTube weekly. And don't forget to follow the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Courtside, and today's episode is going to be slightly shorter than usual. Of course, we'll be talking about the Summer League games over this weekend in Vegas, but the thing is on the horizon for the NBA. On Tuesday, the NBA Board of Governors voting on the play-in tournament. I'll go into that as well in this episode. And ESPN getting fluked by a comment from a Twitter account. I'll be covering all that and more in today's episode. However, let's go straight into Las Vegas and go from the games we saw over in the Summer League. And one of those games, the number four pick out of the Sacramento Kings, Keegan Murray, going against the number one Orlando Magic pick, who probably is going to be an automatic starter, probably the best NBA-ready guy out there, Paolo Benchero. They had a dogfight in Vegas. Uh, the Atlanta Magic winning it 94-92 in a close one. That went to two overtimes. Two overtimes. And mind you, the second overtime in a summer league game for the NBA ends up being a sudden death game. In other words, first basket wins it. And the ending of that game was... Actually, before we even talk about that, let's just go over the game itself. Because it really got more interesting going into the fourth quarter. Now, going to the fourth quarter, the Atlanta Magic were up by 11 points. And then out of nowhere, the Kings went on a phenomenal run. And in the last remaining seconds, there was a guy who, big man as he is, but phenomenal shooter, probably going to get that contract with Sacramento. If he doesn't, somebody's going to give it to him. Name is Kite. Probably said that name wrong. But he had 23 points in this one. And three of those points came off of a clutch three on the top of the perimeter with seconds remaining. The Kings are down by three. Now, all they had to do was inbound the ball for the Orlando Magic and then get fouled and hacked and go to the line. But the Kings ended up getting a steal off the inbound. Keegan Murray, the fourth round pick, the first pick for the Sacramento Kings in the first round for the, this year's draft, ends up getting the ball. And I don't even know what this was, like, you know, the left wing, left corner, what have you. Either way, he grabs it right there, shooting position, locked as he is, was shooting about 50 to 45.5% in this game. Pump fakes, two guys sail over him. Nothing but net. The entire healthy crowd of Vegas, as they usually are, on their feet, and they were roaring, jumping up and down. I was doing backflips in my room watching this game, and then it got even closer and closer going into overtime, and then the double overtime. That's where it got real serious. As I mentioned before, first basket wins. The Kings had it. It looked like it was going to be a slam dunk, easy as it is. But then Paulo Benichero, out of nowhere, blocks it. They called it a foul originally, but it got overturned in time. And then the last basket, Paulo Benichero giving off to Emmanuel Terry in the paint. Highly contested, but he got the layup done. And that's how Orlando won that game against Sacramento Kings. And that, that was probably just another fantastic game that we've seen so far in this year's summer league and there's still plenty going on in the month of july but let's go back into the numbers of that game we're talking about keegan murray first 20 points only a rebound away from a double double had nine rebounds in this one as i mentioned before 45 and a half 50 from the field was four and eight from three he's looking like a stud all right for a power four position i don't know how he's gonna look like in the nba but he's definitely gonna get a lot of minutes and Keita. 30 minutes in this one, 23 points, as I mentioned before, eight rebounds. But the most interesting aspect about this, eight and 12 from the field. He knows how to take his shots. He knows exactly his matchup and only one on one from three. So you can't really say that he's a shooter per se, 
But damn it, he's smart with the ball. His IQ, his basketball IQ, phenomenal. Phenomenal. I think he's going to be a great player out there in Sacramento. Then we go to Orlando's side. Banachero, 23 points in this one. Hampton, 13. Kennedy, 10. You weren't getting a lot of production out there. Even, even Caleb Houston, who had about 20 or so in the other game, only 8 points in this one coming off the bench. But he did sign that contract to stay with Houston, so that was a good move by the Orlando Magic. But, I mean, Banchero was carrying that team going in. So it's really hard right now for Banchero to have these type of games. But then again, this might be, you know, the reality. Sure, just Summer League, but it might even represent a little bit of what the regular season is going to look like for Orlando. I already told you, it's going to be a 30-plus win team. I think that's a guarantee at this point. But Banchero might have to do the heavy loads. And I hate saying that because, man, he's only a rookie. He's only a rookie. Probably going to get himself 30 minutes a game in Orlando. But that's just one of the games out there in the Summer League that we saw. After that, we actually had another really terrific one between the Charlotte Hornets and the Los Angeles Lakers on Sunday night. And this one, I mean, I don't know about you, but Pippen's kid is phenomenal. I think the guy out of Vanderbilt, he had about 10 points in the one, two rebounds, seven assists. But he was everywhere. 4-15 and 15 from the field isn't really great, but he's facilitating. I think that's something that the Lakers need in their roster coming up because Westbrook wasn't doing much. I mean, you got Reeves out there, but Reeves isn't really trying to move the ball around. LeBron can do whatever he likes, but at the same time, it's like every single time he has the ball in possession, the majority of the time, he's taking that shot. So the knowing that Pippen Jr. might be a facilitator for the Los Angeles Lakers is going to be something that's huge for them. And then, of course, I mean, Sharif O'Neal, you still have it, your eye. I mean, I have my eye personally on him just because I think that he can actually ball. And from the heart surgery he had during college, going back and forth, transferring to UCLA, LSU. And, I mean, he's just been everywhere, and you just want to see him in NBA jersey. He comes off the bench, four points, seven rebounds. And this is seven rebounds and four points out of 15 minutes in this game, shooting about 50% from the field. I mean, he can ball. I just want them to put more minutes for him. It's a little bit ridiculous right now. Got other guys out there starting for them that, I mean, you can say that, man, Sharif can easily be a starter in the Summer League team. I want to see him with more minutes, and I think the Lakers need to do that. But we also go into the other side, the Charlotte Hornets. And probably the main reason why I'm mentioning this game between the Hornets and the Lakers, again, love Sharif. I think Pibbins Jr. is going to be a phenomenal player. McGowans, Bryce McGowans, the six foot six, 2022 round two pick 40 for the Charlotte Hornets. He looks special. I think he has probably not only the frame, but also the skill to be one of the top guys out there in Charlotte if he wanted to. Now we're talking about a guy started majority of the game so far this summer league for the Charlotte Hornets had himself 32 minutes and 15 seconds in this game as a shooting guard. Eight points, five rebounds, three assists. Had a poor night shooting, two and 14, right? Two of 14 out of the field. I made two shots. One and five from three, mind you. However, it's about the frame. It's about the build, all right? Jabari Smith is having a poor summer league. Everyone knows that. I mean, shoot, the other day, he can barely even buy a basket. And trust me, he will get those baskets if he wanted to, Jabari Smith. But this guy out of Charlotte, though, I'm telling you right now, McGowan's, he is like... I mean, he has to be an experiment that I think Charlotte needs to, you know, invest in. He looks to be something really interesting. 
And those are just one of the random guys you see in this year's summer league that you can say, hey, you know, he can be possibly a player in the NBA. And hell, we might even see him in Europe sometime soon, maybe in Spain, maybe in in China as well. I mean, this guy, I think, has a lot of potential. But McGowan's, I saw him play a couple of these summer league games. And he, I mean, he looks to have the skills to be one of the best players out there in this draft class. So look after for that as well. And just in general, a lot of the summer league games, I'll let you know if I see any, uh, you know, players that are worthy enough to say that they have the skill to be one of the best out of this draft class. But just finishing off this summer league stuff, uh, one other game that I probably want to highlight, I honestly thought was probably one of the most important games because we actually got to see the number two pick going against the number three pick. The Houston Rockets, Jabari Smith Jr., goes up against Chet Holmgren in the OKC Thunder. And this game, again, as I mentioned before, Jabari has been getting a lot of his shots up and in. He's been getting looks. He's making a lot of space. He knows what he's doing out there. They're just not falling for him. If you looked at this game against uh, OKC, we're talking about 12 points, 9 rebounds, so almost close to a double-double. Yeah, sure. 5-19 and 19 from the field, right? 2-9 and nine from 3-point. That's basically less than 25% you're shooting past the arc. Don't really know what's going on with Jabari Smith, but he's getting the looks. I don't think there's a doubt about that. And there was even one time where he had a fadeaway J, and it looked like it was natural to him. So Jabari Smith, I think his game is just going to come to him. If you're a Houston Rockets fan looking at that, don't worry about it. And as well, Christopher really holding this team together. Uh, he had about 19 points and 9 rebounds, similar to Jabari Smith's night. However, was 0-3 from the three-point line and was 35.3 from the field overall. Only made six shots in this one, six field goals. Uh, the rest of the Houston squad, they did pretty well in the sense of the starting lineup. Eason did well. Knicks did well. Both getting in double digits points there. And then you go to OKC. Chet Holmgren, 12 points, 8 rebounds. Had 4 blocks. And a lot of these blocks were highlight blocks. I mean, I'm not even going to talk about his offensive game that night because he was like 3-10. and 10. The 4 blocks. The 6 blocks. The 5 blocks. The amount of blocks he's getting during these summer league games individually is insane he's doing it one-on-one post games people driving in on him and yeah a lot of questions about his frame a lot of questions about his size his movement his i don't want to hear it at all coming out of this and sure this is just summer league but man four five six blocks a game are you kidding me the kid's ridiculous defensively he's more or less of a powerhouse an elite shot blocker an elite paint defender if you had to say it like that but him and Giddy have been all over this summer league. And Giddy, speaking of which, 14 points in this one. Kind of a silent night for him. I only say silent just because 14 points in the summer league and you're expected to be a starter in the OKC Thunder. That's a silent night for you. I don't think there's a doubt about that. But now we go away from the summer league. And let's go into more or less what we could see more in the regular season. What can we see more of the regular season? What we could see is a lot of the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors currently right now have three players in their summer league squad. And three of them are looking to get roster spots. And they just might have them. Obvious two of them being Jonathan Kaminga and Jonathan Wiseman, who actually came back from COVID stuff going on during the beginning of his career. And then following that, a wrist injury actually sped up his recovery process, started 
in a summer league game on Sunday against the San Antonio Spurs. He ended up having himself 11 points, 2 rebounds, and his first ever basket since his injury. And this is actually his first ever time in the summer league since he missed it due to COVID. His first ever summer league basket was a slam dunk, two legs in the air. I mean, he has not missed a beat due to his injury. And he's already got a ring. From what I know of, I mean, he might be a three-time champ by the year five of his career. But Wiseman and Kaminga already have roster spots. And that third player, I'm telling you right now, Matt McClug, he is something to watch. He was on the Lakers, and you could probably tell he was a showtime activate because he was going showtime in their last game. He leaves the Lakers, ends up signing on with the Golden State Warriors squad for the Summer League. Gets himself six assists in this one, and one of the assists behind the back. A couple of baskets attacking the basket. A couple of quick low dribbles. Really just gang ankles as he goes by. And he does an acrobatic finish to the basket. The kid finished with 22 points. All right. 22 points. Three steals. 9 and 15 from the field. That's 60% overall shooting for McClug. This kid is special. And I saw a lot of highlights with him growing up in high school, what he did over there. I believe it was in Georgetown, what he did in Georgetown before transferring. The kid is special right now, and I would not be surprised, especially with Gary Payne now gone and all these other players that are most likely to get a bag in this offseason. I would not be surprised to see him in a Warriors jersey during the regular season running around with Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. Do not be surprised about that name, McClug. He will definitely make the roster spot in Golden State if they're smart enough. Him, Kaminga, Wiseman, they will be a great duo, my apology, trio for the future. And then, of course, include Jordan Poole there. I mean, that's just a young core that's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, but now to get away from the Summer League officially, because I just I want to say that last part. I just wanted to say that last part, because I think that Warriors squad it could actually win it all in the Summer League against the Magic and all that. But going into now what could possibly happen on Tuesday, the NBA's Board of Governors expected on Tuesday to approve the playing tournament as a regular part of the future regular seasons. Now, I don't know about you, but the past two seasons with this playing tournament has been phenomenal. Get you a lot of great ratings. You got fans going insane for it. And every single year, something miraculous happens. If anything, it's a horrible idea for the eighth seed because I haven't really recalled an eighth seed making it. I mean, this year's eighth seeds, what was it, the Clippers and the Cleveland Cavaliers not making it at all? That kind of sucks. But then again, I mean, shoot, we would have never gotten a Pelicans versus Suns first round. Would have never got the uh, T-Wolves going against the Grizzlies in the first round. Well, we, kinda, we probably would have got that. But then again, you know, playing tournament high, Patrick Beverly gets you that emotional moment for the city of Minnesota. The playing tournament itself, at first I was really hating it because if you're not the top eight seeds, you know, then why even still go out there and make these trades just to be in the playing tournament like the Sacramento Kings did with uh, Sabonis last season where they were just fighting for the 10th seed. It's kind of ridiculous. It makes teams, you know, being okay to be mediocre because some way, somehow you're still in the postseason. But let me tell you, after two years of this playing tournament, it makes sense. It makes sense. If this is... And I pray to God this is probably what it is. If this is, you know, the other option instead of doing an actual tournament during the regular season, I'll take it. I'll take it 100%. Because I know Adam Silver is trying to get more fanfare and he's trying to change this game. I pray that he doesn't change this game for the worse. And if he does, he's 
one way or another, changing this game for the worst would include a regular season tournament in the middle of the season. Not all-star break, a regular season tournament will ruin this season. All right. So to have a playing tournament voted on Tuesday, this could possibly mean a lot of things. One, it means that the playing tournament, which has been a regular thing now for the past two years, will no longer be assessed in the NBA for the postseason. Or two, this will be a regular re-coming, re-thing that we'll see in the NBA for years to come. And will probably be a vocal point of, you know, discussions of, does this team even make a play-in tournament? Does this team even blah, blah, blah. But this play-in tournament, I think, needs to stay the way it is right now. I think it's too good to leave out after two years. And the anticipation for it, I mean, I'm more excited about the play-in tournament than some of the first-round matchups during the playoffs, to be honest with you. An elimination game for some teams. And, I mean, shoot. Home court advantage in the playing tournament. Imagine that actually being worth anything. Because some of these teams don't even get real home court advantage at all during the first round. So this is something that I think that everybody should look for. I'll definitely be talking more about it after the voting in our next episode on Friday. But I'm going to leave it at that. Possibly the playing tournament being a legit thing and being a permanent thing for the NBA for seasons to come. But... The last thing I have to talk about, you know, ending off this episode to kind of a fun point. There's a Twitter account called Ballsack Sports. And yes, you heard me right. Ballsack Sports. They made a fake quote of John Moran because they're more or less one of those parody accounts of the sports where they kind of cover all things sports. But in reality, they're just, you know, making things up, you know, kind of making it like an antic out of it. John Moran, according to Ballsack Sports. So this is a fake quote. Again, fake quote. If you put MJ in today's game, he's just another superstar. We got me, Steph, Luca, Dame, Trey, and then guys like Bron, Katie, Giannis, and Kawhi. It's not just one superstar and a bunch of, you know, average dudes. You feel? And that was the exact quote they made up of John Morant on Michael Jordan in today's game. Now, I don't know how this happened or in general... If it slipped through Bleacher Report and that's how ESPN got it, or somebody told ESPN that, hey, this seems to be a legit source, somehow, someway, that exact same quote, that fake quote that Ballsack Sports made of John Morant made his way onto First Take and onto ESPN. Kendrick Perkins was baffled at the quote like anybody else would. I didn't believe it at first. I did my research on Twitter. It's a fake quote. It's a fake quote. John Morant never said anything like that. The most outlandish thing John Morant said over the week is that he can cook MJ. I mean, maybe he might cook for MJ. I don't know if he will cook MJ. I mean, if anything, he might cook like a, you know, a beef stew, maybe a porridge. I don't know if he'll cook anything really at this moment. Phenomenal player right now in the NBA, but not like Michael Jordan level at all, especially cooking level. Let's just be reminded about that. However, fake quote got its way to ESPN, and I just don't know how. How does NBA Twitter with a fake parody account makes its way onto the national television stage? It makes no sense. It's a weird part of sports journalism that you always have to look out for these parody accounts. And I guess ESPN bit on the apple. I mean, that is just insane for Ballsack Sports. However, that will probably end our episode here. I want to thank you again for joining in for Courtside. And make sure to look out for our next episode on Friday. We'll probably be talking more about Summer League. We've got a lot of great matchups coming up. Actually, I believe tonight's matchup for the Summer League game, it's going to be another top five pick 
matchup again. We've been having basically every single day a top five pick matchup. For some reason, it's been probably one of the best things out there to see on national television. I mean, I, I know that, you know, the Red Sox are playing against the Yankees in a series, I think, right now. That's going pretty well. I actually saw the Sox win by a load of runs, and it was just a Yankee dismantle over there on the mound. But tonight's game, Orlando versus OKC, Paulo versus Chet Holmgren, number one versus number two. We'll definitely be talking a little bit about that on Friday. But, you know, again, thank you for joining in for Courtside, and I'll talk to you guys on the next podcast.